You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. The sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sound of Sanity Mock Quarantine. This is like the quarantine edition. It's stripped down. It's like Sound of Sanity Naked or Sound of Sanity, what do they call it? That's a Beatles reference, by the way. That is a Beatles reference, yes, very much. Very much a Beatles reference. Or what do they call it? Stripped down, like the famous live shows that certain artists will do. Unplugged. Unplugged. Yeah, this is like Sound Insanity Unplugged. It's not literally unplugged because neither of the neither are those shows. Yeah, neither are those shows. But this is like that. This is like our version of that aesthetic because we want to keep getting Sound of Sanity to do you during these times. But there's also the reality that we are in these times. And oh, I should introduce this. My name is Nathan Alberson, your humble and obedient host. That's Pastor Jacob Menzel right there. It's me. Hey, Jake. Hey, Nathan. How's it going? Good. How are you? Going well. Uh, we should give an update. This is our first, the first time we've talked since with our loyal listeners since Friday, mm-hmm. I think. And on Friday, we said, by the way, Warhorn Media is going to die, maybe. Yeah. We, we told listeners that we needed, we had a th- about a $3,000 shortfall mm-hmm. that we were anticipating going into salaries for May. So we're going to be able to keep the lights on in April, but we were on track to have to shut down in May. Two thirds of that money has come in thanks to the generous support. Of Thank many you of so you. much. Yeah. We need about a thousand dollars more uh, to make it uh, through May. And so if there are still some of you out there that are looking at things and feeling like you're in a good position to, to help us, we would appreciate it if you would help us and I wish that we could tell you we've been working hard to strip things down to bare essentials, but we have always run. Yeah, that's kind of on bare essentials. Kind of where we live, baby. <laughs> so um, it's not like we can, you know, cut down. There's nothing to cut down on right now. Right, as we um, said last time, I fired my pool boy. Jake, yeah. Jake canceled his cruise, which seemed like a spectacularly good idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. And- Warhorn was funding both of those things directly, right. you know, not through our salaries because, you know, Nathan's got to have his pool. No, that's boy in my writer is yeah. Warhorn will pay for my pool boy. It maintains our Jake's yacht. Well, so, not anymore though. Not anymore. Yeah. My, both the, my yacht maintenance and. And your cruise. And, and <laughs> Jake my, demands and both <laughs> actually. And, and Nathan's pool boy. We've tightened our belts along with everybody else and just gone ahead and sacrificed those. Listen, yeah. the pool is collecting algae until. This crisis is over. That's the sound of sanity. You know, you could probably go out there and take care of it yourself. You're stuck at home. Jake, what am I? (laughs) (laughs) A commoner? (laughs) Please. Please. (laughs) I've got important work to do. (laughs) I can't be bothered with that. (sighs) Okay. So, of course, it goes without saying. We appreciate everything. And your family comes first. Your church comes first. All that. We understand completely. Yeah. But man, we've been very grateful for people. Very, come. very, very grateful for the response that we've had so far. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just about $1,000 away, $1,100 actually away. Mm-hmm. So every little bit helps, guys. You know, it's weird because you're looking at the people that we've talked to, and some of our actual big givers are in the most difficult place financially right now when it comes to being able to support us because they're small business owners mm-hmm. who are trying to take care of their employees while having their income cut. It may actually be that many hands could make for light work on this uh, sort of thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyhow, as Nathan said, 
we, we know times are tough for everybody and everybody's facing a lot of uncertainty and it's okay that we're in that same boat. It really is. I guess we should talk a little bit about the show because people may have noticed some interesting things happening to their feed. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be getting, first of all, you're going to continue to get normal status and normal ish episodes like the one we're doing right now, which are going to be a little bit stripped down. And so long as we're able to keep making, so them. long as we're able to keep making them, it may, you know, we'll see what God does. Now, the other thing, though, that we are going to also do until such time as we can't is the Chip and Lance show. Yeah. All it took was an international pandemic. To, to finally get you that kid's show. To finally get you your kid's show with Chip and Lance. And this isn't the kid's show that we envisioned by any stretch. But no, and that may still come, Lord willing. But yeah, I, I think it will eventually. Right. This is an emergency kid's show. That's right. This is us saying, hey... Um, we had this other programming lined up. We have these other episodes. Uh, none of them really feel like the kind of thing that the world needs right now. Precisely that our listeners so. need. But what might be nice is just a little bit of fun with Chip and Lance while you're at home. And for the kids, hopefully reinforcing the kinds of things that you've been talking to your kids about over the past week and a half and over the, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they're fun. They're like five to 10 minutes long. And there's a little lesson in there. Generally speaking, not yeah, real. Yeah, and the lesson may be as simple as this is why we wash our hands and this is how we do it, which we know everybody's heard those lessons a thousand times, but maybe it'll be fun and good reinforcement for it to come from Chip and Lance and more spiritual lessons like what to do with our fear mm -hmm. and if we're afraid about this or if we're sad about uh, not seeing our, dealing with, you know, fear, the fear that you feel and the sadness that you might feel and kids being away from grandma, family, their friends at school or church. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll be able, and also just the tensions of, you know, anger and frustration that come, you know, living together tight in close quarters 24 seven with all kinds of weird pressures and not the normal pressure releases, you know, even uh, if you're, if you're homeschooling and, and used to that lifestyle or private Christian schooling, you know, you hit the summer months and you've got, You've got the parks and you've got the pool and you've got playgroups and you've got all of these other places and things that you can do. Many of us are, even those outlets and those releases are are being taken away and th the pressure cooker is tight. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this is a little bit of relief in and of itself and a little bit of encouragement and help for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, there might be some, it's possible there are some killer bee attacks and wolf fights and places where Lance tries to explain something to Chip and Chip misunderstands it in a, what? In a fashion that might be comedic. I don't know. I've never heard anything like that. Maybe it'll before. just be dry and boring. I and... ain't Badger's Chip. <laughs> I ain't Badger's Chip. Is yeah. Lance going to get to say something like that? I don't know. Will Lance get to say his patented catchphrase, I ain't Badger's <laughs> Chip? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Which Jake has been asked to say that before, by the way, in case anyone yeah. was wondering. So yeah. Yeah. I've been at other churches in other contexts and had kids ask me to say that line in particular. So, well, we'll, we'll maybe we can. Uh... Lance is one great catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> I think some catchphrases might come come out of this. I don't know. I hope so. You know, Evan Costello used to do "Who's on first in just about every movie that they did. Maybe maybe Chip and Lance will have to actually do the badgers routine <laughs> at some point in in the chip and lance show anyway it's gonna be a lot of fun we're aiming to get them out a couple a week few a week as often as we can basically so that's the state of the show and now the thing that you clicked for 
me and Jake's. And by the way, I'm sorry that Ben isn't here. We're just scrambling. Like, honestly. We're doing what we can when we can. We're doing what we can when we can. That being said, let's talk through Jake and Nathan's patented five ways to not waste the quarantine. Oh, here comes the part where if this was not the stripped down naked unplugged version, you'd hear some music and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. And I'd say, hey, everybody, welcome to five ways not to waste the quarantine. And yeah. Well, that just happened. We'd start talking about it. Number one, these all have kind of Jordan Peterson-esque or and and or terrible pun (laughs) (laughs) titles to them. Number one, when you're you're out of the rut, now get on the road. Yeah. So the idea here is maybe the good version of don't waste a good crisis. Yeah. You've been forced into out of the way that your life has been going. Mm-hmm. Been forced out of whatever ruts, whatever patterns, whatever disciplines of life that you've had, whether they've been good or bad. Now is a really great opportunity to respond to that in a way that's proactive and says, "Hey, since everybody's routine, everybody's schedule, everybody's disciplines, everybody's expectations are turned upside down, now is a great time to reevaluate everything that we've been doing." Mm-hmm. And establish new disciplines and figure out what needs to change, what needs to change at home, what needs to change. Uh, now it's a great time to, to reevaluate to reevaluate everything. What, what attitude adjustments need to happen with your kids or what needs to change in your relationship with your, with your wife? We get stuck at home now and all of the little crutches that we were depending on to allow us to live together have been taken away and we actually have to love each other and relate to each other in a way that honors God and honors one another. And that's a tough pressure cooker to live in, but it's a good discipline from God that is forcing us to figure out how to do life together in a way that, I don't know, it's kind of healthy, actually. Bump, 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 devil's advocate alarm. Oh, no. Part of the show where somebody plays the devil. Jake, I'm just trying to survive. Like, I'm just hanging on for dear life. I'm, I'm okay, fine. If we're using the metaphor, I was driving in a rut. Well, I got jumped out of the rut and now I'm swerving all over the place and I'm trying not to hit trees and and, and you're like, find the best path forward. Well, I'm just trying not to crash. Yeah, I understand that. And a lot of us were just trying not to crash at first. But when a situation like this happens, what we all have to do is we have to work to to keep our heads in it and to find our heads as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. if they've been rolling around. Right. (laughs) What we can't do is start running around like chickens with our head cut off. What we have to do is, as quickly as possible, establish new routines, establish new normal. And and what we're kind of arguing is, as long as you have to establish them all over again anyway, you might as well take the time to reevaluate of some things. And, and kind of, I mean, even if it's just like, you know, I think our family should get up at 8.30 instead of 8. Yeah, like, this exactly. is actually, you guys are already dealing with the pain of... Of that, of of all kinds of change. So why not just roll into it and kind of? Of course, you have to do that with wisdom and discretion and patience and blah blah blah. There's a million ways to nuance this. Yeah, but, but you you have to be proactive. If you're not proactive about these things, then you're just a leaf in the wind. Mm-hmm. And so a kite blowing in a hurricane, Mister Bond. The, a reference everyone will get. <laughs> Mister White said that in the hit movie Spectre <laughs> that nobody liked. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and there are things that have needed to change 
undoubtedly mm-hmm. in your home and in your life that you've just not taken the time to address and you've had all of the busyness of life to avoid dealing with those things. Now God's taken those things away and what you need to do is not find more ways to avoid the problems, but really accept this from the Lord and address it. And there are there are disciplines that have been good that you've established in your life up to this point that you can work to maintain throughout something mm-hmm. like a like a quarantine, a stay at home, you know, order from your from your state. And so I want to lead that into our next point, which mm-hmm. is uh, don't work in your pajamas. And what what we mean by that is, hey, don't don't go to seed during this time. If you're going to take advantage of these opportunities, of this as an opportunity, you need to at the very least not let your good disciplines go to seed, go to waste. And so one you know one great idea mm. that I've seen out there is, hey, you know, do you have a commute in the morning where you prepare yourself for work, but now you have to stay at home. Here's an idea. And do you have a routine, you know, where you prepare yourself emotionally or whatever for your job, whether it's listening to music or you're on the, on the road podcast or whatever, get up at the same time, get dressed, go for a walk around the block with your earphones in, listen to your podcast, keep that routine alive. You know, if it's part of your, do you listen to the Bible on the way to whatever it is, like, keep those things in place because they're good routines that provide stability for your life. Get up, keep grooming yourself, keep taking those showers, keep putting on a fresh change of clothes, keep... Well, when a lot of things are in flux, those anchor points become more important. Like an anchor point, like the time that you get up actually helps anchor your your entire being in a way that it actually doesn't when everything, when everything else is stable, you can afford to sleep in one day. But when nothing is stable... You can't you, afford to sleep in every day. Yeah, you need to you need to actually be finding the places where you can give yourself some stability and some discipline and some self-control because even even doing a few things that don't matter, you know, like do you have to go for a walk and get your into your work headspace? No. But doing something like that can give you the self-discipline the, to then actually do your work. You know, to then a, to a, actually yeah. do the things. Hey, I'm I'm hitting my routine buttons. I'm mm-hmm. hitting all the buttons that I've set up um, or that have just been set up for me Right. that tell me, hey, now it's time to go to work. Now it's time to sit down and actually get things done. And so there are a lot of little things and I, I don't know what it is for you, but there are things like that that you can do and you should be doing those things so that you are disciplined and that, and you're able to, in as much as you're able with kids at home and mm-hmm. whatever that means, you know, different schools are doing different some schools are just off off and some schools are trying to do like an at home online learning thing like what my kids have just this morning uh begun doing where it's like hey you know i have five kids that are in this private christian school and they've all got their zoom appointments throughout the day and it's Mm -hmm. like it's insane and we we're trying to figure that out but you know it was really sweet and i think really sweet for the kids and something i ended up appreciating seeing them uh, light up as they got to see their classmates and even their teachers on Zoom and just feel like, hey, yeah, we're all going through this together. Mm-hmm. And and the teachers gave them space to clown around with it, which I thought was also really sweet. Yeah, that's funny. and it wasn't it wasn't this like over disciplined, intense. Now we've got to get back to school thing that I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. It was a, there was a lot of silliness 
and just like clearing the air a little bit, clearing the air that I thought was really important and, and really wise for certain teachers to have done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whatever, whatever your situation, like, okay, you know, these wrenches may keep coming. So you got to be adaptable and flexible, but you also have to figure out how to maintain, you know, some stability and also ways to make it sweet. So I did the go for a walk this morning routine, but I took a kid with me Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even my idea. It was his, I was going to go for a walk and I was going to listen to audiobook. And he's like, can I come? It's like, yeah, okay, let's try this. And it was really sweet. And I think now, Lord willing, I'm going to try to do that every day with a different kid. Mm-hmm. And hey, look, there's an opportunity that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Right. Um, and so whatever new good patterns and habits, you know, as we are talking before, earlier about, you know, hey, don't waste a, a crisis. Mm-hmm. When you're out, you're out of the rut, get on the road. Don't work in your pajamas. What are the disciplines now that you're out of your routines? What are the disciplines you need to maintain? And what are the disciplines that you can be like, hey, I can put that in place now. I, I've been needing to do this. Mm-hmm. How do I do this? How do I seize on the fact that my routine's been busted up and therefore I need a new routine and I can evaluate that routine and I can make it what it should have been or I can make it better than it was. So much of what Jake's talking about has to do with space and figuring out ways to assign space and to protect space and to maintain space and when to let space, when to be generous with space. Like I'm going to be working at home. Here's the area that I'm going to be. And it's not that you can't interrupt me if there's an emergency. It's, I don't want to be a jerk about it, but like, I need you to treat this like my office. Yeah. I need you to pretend like, well, not pretend like this is my office actually. Like, and I need you to respect that in a way that maybe isn't as important when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, but those things are hard to negotiate, but they're worth, but it's, they're it's worth important. negotiating them proactively. Like yeah. it's worth actually talking about it. Absolutely. And that's true with, especially true if you've got small kids at home, you have to be able to bend. Everybody's under more pressure. Dad being home is a good thing. Dad being able to step into discipline or whatever at certain times is important. Dad should be there. Dad should be ready to, to throw in more. Dad also needs his time to get his work done respected and protected. And yeah, it'll be different from for for everybody based on their based on this literal spatial uh, ba- reality that they do. You live yeah. in a tiny apartment. Do you live in a mansion? Do you have it at your own office? Do you based on that? Based on what it looks like for you to work at home, if you even can work at home. You know, it's just every family is different. And I know I don't want to spend a lot of time on this episode retrotting ground that a lot of people have trod about. You know. How do you be a stay-at-home mom? How do you be a work-from-home dad? Like there are lots of articles out there that are helpful about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what we're talking about is just, hey, take the bull by the horns yeah, here. Yeah, that's what I want to say is just right? be proactive and talking it through and figuring it out. And be generous with each other, you know? If, if you're the wife that is expecting your husband because he's home to be more available and there are ways in which he can't, then be understanding about that. But if you're the husband and, you know, actually the kids do need a little discipline and you get called called in at a time that you normally wouldn't be generous about that, you know, which kind of, I guess, brings us to point number three, right, Jake? Absolutely. Point number three, the awesomely, amazingly titled point, which is don't plod with the rod. 
oh man, could there be a better way of expressing? I have no idea what it means <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I think I think you I think a lot of people, at least in our circles, have come to think of plotting as a good thing. Oh, like plotactivity, like the Doug Wilson like podcast. Plot, like you, you just, just plot you along just steadily. You keep steadily moving. Long, slow obedience in the mm-hmm. in the right direction. So I guess you could do something yeah. that was like do plod with the rod, and yeah. it means like you just need to be consistently you disciplining your it. kids. And yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. Nope, we're talking about something else. And Jake's about to tell you what that is. Okay, so it for many of you may feel a little late for this sort of thing. Maybe you did do this right away, and you've reaped the benefits of it. Maybe you haven't, and it's just time to to throw in. But you have to not wait to establish and reestablish the discipline of your home whenever situations get turned upside down. Kids thrive on structure. They thrive on knowing what the boundaries are. And every time some things feel new and like, it's like everything goes out the window with them. Think about going on family vacation together. It's, you know, oh, we're on vacation. We're in a new place. Everybody's running around like Kevin in Home Alone, Mm. right? Ah, waving their arms like wild crazy men. And you have to establish discipline and order right away and and make those expectations clear. Hey, it doesn't matter if we're going to grandma's house. It doesn't matter if we're going to the store. It doesn't matter if we're on vacation and we're in a, a hotel room or an Airbnb or, you know, a rental of some kind. It doesn't matter if that were in the van for hours, the same rules, these same rules apply. It doesn't matter if we're all stuck at home now, the rules still apply. And in fact, here are more rules, or we're going to change things around a little bit here because, you know, things are special, but boom, we're going to come out, we're going to establish a tone of discipline, structure, and order very strong, very soon out of the gate. So in these types of situations, it's really important that you are proactive, again, taking the bull by the horns, both in your discipline and in your affection towards your kids. So mm-hmm. you want to discipline them early and often so they understand that the rules are still there so that they feel safe and so that you don't have to become a monster. Because what's going to happen if you don't establish discipline early and often is the kids are going to go from bad to worse and you are going to be that lose much it. more inclined to lose it. And that's what you want to avoid. Well, I've, I say use this example recently on an episode, but it comes to mind again. The teachers in high school in particular that I remember, there were like two kinds. There was the one that would, there were the good teachers and they would come in and they would come off as monsters the first day of class. They'd be like, sit down, shut up, everyone shut up. You will stand up when an adult, you know, they'd be like over the top. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh no, I'm gonna have to put up with this. Inevitably, that teacher knew the trick, which is get everybody's respect early and then you can chillax and you can actually kind of just be the student's friends because they are all inclined, like they know you have discipline and they're inclined to just respect you. That Put that against the bad teacher who comes in the first day of class. And, I want to be everybody's friend. Yay. Right. And inevitably, inevitably, that teacher would be a hated tyrant by the end because that teacher would feel impotent and overwhelmed, and their class, in fact, would be chaotic and hard to and learn she would in. Feel and everything would be about her hurt feelings mm. because she just wanted to be your friend at the beginning, and now she has to do all you know. Now she's losing it all the time on you. Right. The teachers that ended up yelling at us, the teachers that ended up being unfair, that ended up you know yeah. sending people to the principal's office, whatever it was, those were those teachers. Whereas the teacher who just established discipline up front really didn't have to exercise that discipline 
hardly at all because it was just an established fact. Yeah. Like you don't goof off in this teacher's class. Yeah. So establish the discipline early so that the kids just feel safe. They know what the boundaries are. And I, I want to go with that and say, um, just as you're being proactive in your discipline, you need to be proactive in your affection towards mm-hmm. your kids too. I decided this morning because everybody was crazy with all this school stuff and emotional and uptight and nervous, you know, you've got, you know, these kids, you know, they're nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I'm going to see my friends, but I'm not going to get to see. And what's the, and oh, what are the expectations? And oh, if I don't, and is it going to be an uh uh-huh? And so one of the things that I just decided this morning was that everybody needed some hug time. <laughs> and it sounds pretty dopey and silly, but you know, it just felt like the right thing to do of, hey, everybody just needs to know it's okay and we can breathe and let's just have a big hug and vent some emotional energy through a squeeze. <laughs> I feel like those, those sorts of things, they can go a long way, a long way, especially at the start of a day to remind you and everybody else, uh, we have to live disciplined, orderly, obedient lives here in these difficult circumstances. And we, we need to love each other. And we do actually, and setting those tones out of the gate, they're just important. Which is why we are heartily recommending our great catchphrase, don't plod with the rod, or what's something that rhymes with rod that indicates affection. Hugs to the bod, don't... Don't nod on the rod would have been better. Oh yeah. Don't nod on the rod. And don't be above the love. Yep, there you go. Don't nod on the rod, and don't be above the love. You heard, it. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Now, our next one is specifically for dads, and th- it has the f- the awesome catchphrase of "Don't go from dad to worse." <laughs> <laughs> Jake, would you care to explain "Don't go from dad to worse" to us? Well, yeah. So, if you're like me, dads. The craziness of being at home in close quarters with a lot of kids, and I'm not saying that this isn't also true for moms, but I feel like in some ways it's especially true for dads because God gives this command, don't exasperate your children, specifically to fathers. Mm -hmm. And I think that fathers, dads are in a special place of temptation, being exasperating to their kids right now. Mm. And here's what happens. We're in these tight places. We get irritated. We've not established, or we're going to establish discipline, but we're going to establish it like a tyrant. We're going to run around and just be sure nobody's going to bother us. Mm-hmm. Or we're not going to, and then we're going to explode all over everybody. And we're frustrated because we're at home. We're frustrated because of our work. We're frustrated and scared because of the financial circumstances surrounding us. Everything about the situation just builds up for a dad to the point where he is on the verge of losing it all the time. And the kid's that poor kid that gets underfoot at the wrong time is going to catch it. Mm-hmm. So dads, breathe. Be proactive about getting yourself into a chilled out headspace. <laughs> if you can embrace that phrase, <laughs> a chilled out headspace, and obey God. Don't exasperate your children. Be flexible. Understand they're under pressure too. Understand they don't know what to do with themselves. Understand it's just hard for a seven-year-old boy in a house with three, four, five, however many siblings to 
contain himself, to not break something. And so breathe, relax, accept that this is part of it. And set a good example for living in love with one another and being compassionate and gracious with one another. And throw in, throw in on work that you wouldn't normally do because you're not there for it. One of the things that you need to be doing is being sure chores still get done around the house, right? Well, now everybody's at home, so let's reestablish order with our chores. And dad, find a way to throw in and set a good example. Show them what it is to do a job that, you know, you don't like, you wouldn't normally have to do, but we're all in this situation together. So now dad gets to do some weird thing cheerfully that he wouldn't normally have to do and show us what it's like to do it cheerfully and to throw in and be part of the team. I'm sitting here thinking about my wife and obviously I don't have kids, but I do have a wife. And obviously the first thing you said, Jake, or no, no, I'm, the second thing you said, Jake, got it covered. I, I help with the dishes. I help with everything. I'm great. Just, yeah, of course. My wife is treated like a princess or right. a queen or whatever she's treated like. The first thing that you said though, about not exasperating, man, I think just about every time I get harsh or angry or censorious or whatever with her every time i'm mean every time i have cruel words it's almost always a function of and this isn't an excuse this is a confession it's, it's always a function it always happens when i get insecure about something like oh no if i don't make sure that this issue is dipped in the bud she'll, she'll never respect me what am i gonna do if i don't make sure that this thing is that she knows not to spend this money, then all our money will be gone and we'll starve to death. <laughs> it's when I'm afraid of something, I lash out and get nasty. Yeah. And like, so this is the perfect time. Oh, you bought 20 extra dollars worth of groceries because you thought that you saw the shelves were empty and you were scared and you wanted to stock up. Well, that's great, except for we might want that $20. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like things like that. Yeah. That's things like that happen. You know, it's easy for when I'm feeling tense about finances, about yeah. the home, about my job, about things like that. It's easy for that to translate into anger. If I don't take control of this situation, then it'll fly out of control. And the only way I can, because I don't trust God or have faith that he's caring for me, the only way I feel I can actually, and because I have zero belief in my own ability by God's grace to just handle things in a calm way and get them done. I just feel insecure and bad. It's like the only effective way of addressing the situation is to fly off the handle. Yeah. And yeah. And that is the response of impotence mm -hmm. and it's, it's not healthy. It's not good. And it's not accurate. You have a lot of potence actually. Right. You have a lot of potency in your home. And uh, if you want to lose it, you can act impotent and fly off the handle all the time and you will eventually lose Hashtag self-fulfilling prophecy. You'll become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. But if you, with dignity and grace, lead your home like a man who knows where he's going and actually has the best interests of everyone in mind, then your kids, they want to follow you. They want to obey you. They want to please you. And your wife does too, probably. And if she doesn't, you know, just stay steady and faithful. All of this leads in, I think, to our fifth and final point. Yes, abandon the spiral of doom. Yeah, the spiral of doom, which is what, what I call it in premarital counseling, at least. And apparently there's a book out there that does calls it something else, but a similar thing. If anybody out there has read Love and Respect, he's got like the crazy cycle. Get off the crazy cycle. And the crazy cycle is pretty similar to what Jake's 
about to describe, I think. Yeah. But Jake did not rip it off from the book Love and Respect. I definitely did. I've never read that book. And I only first heard that that was a thing in that book when Nathan was like, oh, you mean from Love and Respect? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, the concept, I think, is as old as marriage. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, concept, the concept is as old as time. Right. It's a tale as old as time. It goes back to well, at least Adam and Eve, at I'd say. At least Adam and yeah. Eve, if not before then. Mm-hmm. Um, so the concept. The concept is in Ephesians chapter 5, God gives husbands and wives commands, and those commands are based on what husbands and wives need to hear. Husbands are commanded to love their wives and to lay down their lives for them. And that's because husbands are not always inclined to love their wives and because wives need to feel loved. And the Bible at that same point commands wives to honor and respect their husbands. And that's because both of these are because of big cosmic realities. But it's also because wives are not inclined to honor and respect their husbands and because husbands need to feel respected. And the beautiful thing about marriage is that when it works together, it works together beautifully. When a, when a wife feels loved and tenderly cared for, she tends to find it easier to be more respectful of her husband and to honor him. And the more a husband feels respected and honored by his wife, the more inclined he is to be tender with her. And so it can work together to create this beautiful thing where we're becoming more uh, a better and better picture of Jesus in the church. We're reflecting the way that God is and the way that God made the world and the way that God saves us. But the opposite can also be true. And the fact is, the less respect the husband feels from his wife, the less inclined he is to be tender toward her and to love her. And the less she feels loved, the less inclined she is to be respectful to him. And that can become an inverted feedback loop, a spiral of doom that drives us apart from one another. Well, the stupid thing is in the situations like that, you're always waiting for, well, if Meredith would just finally get it in her head that she needs to respect me, then I could love her. Exactly. So what we do is we make our obedience to God contingent on somebody else's obedience to God. And so it is, it becomes this thing of, well, she doesn't- It's like we're playing chicken or something. Yeah. She doesn't respect me. She's not being respectful to me. Forget it. I'm not going to be tender to her. I'm not going to, you know, she doesn't deserve it Mm -hmm. because she's not doing the things. Right. And then she feels the same way. And she says, well, I don't feel loved. I don't feel this tender affection I'm supposed to. So he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve. Guess what? Here's the hard truth. Neither of you deserve it. Neither of you deserve it. God's command to you does not depend on somebody else's obedience to God's command to them. God does not say, husbands, love your wives if she honors and respects you. Instead, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And so it's a command that is irrespective of how she responds to you. Husbands, love your wives, period. Love them as Christ loved the church. That's God's command to you. And so you have to break out of the rut. You have to be proactive. Same is true for you wives. It doesn't matter. God did not say, wives, honor, respect, submit to your husbands, if. He said, do it. And so what we both have to do in these situations, especially the situations of escalating tension that some of us are finding ourselves in because we're at home with each other all the time, is we each have to break out of the rut, break the spiral, and realize God's commands to us are God's commands to us. And we have to take big steps toward one another. 
we have to be generous toward one another. And it is that generosity that I really want to push and encourage right now, because the fact is everybody's under a lot of stress and tension and pressure right now. And we just have to be generous with one another. We have to be forgiving of one another. We have to confess our sins to one another. We have to be gracious to one another. And we have to be generous in our affection toward one another, in our displays of love and tenderness. And and I mean that in every possible way. Now is the time for utmost generosity toward one another. Can I just take a marker and say just kind of underline what you just said and and I don't Every I'm not going to say anything but way. if people just want to read between the lines this is a good place to read between the lines in every possible way. Every possible way. Now is a very good time. So just like transcendent spiritual sort of ways. In the most tangible of ways. Hmm. Every possible way. Be generous toward one another. Be generous with your affection. Be generous with your uh, forgiveness. But I just also, I mean, this is a family show, but so I'm not going to, I'm going to leave some things between the lines here, but I think it's a good place. It's a good time to be tangible. It's a good time to be tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Being tangible goes a long way for everybody. It really does. To relieve stress and tension and to affirm one another that we're on the same team, on the same side, and we're in this together. Well, those God memes, made, God those made memes us about the tangible creatures for a reason. The the memes about like the in thirteen years there'll be quarantines. Like yeah, those are memes for a reason. Yeah, and good reason. And now's the time for good reason. God made us tangible creatures for a reason. And you ought to be hugging your kids in the morning and hugging your spouses at night. There you go. Enough said about that, I guess. Uh, anything else you want to say about quarantine? Tips or tricks, Jake? Those, that's the five that the listicle we came up with. I I don't think so. I I mean, we're not going anywhere. We're trying not to. No, we'll as come back with, we can. with more so thoughts. We'll have more thoughts for everybody and encouragements. I don't think that we've said anything that most of our listeners haven't already thought of, but I think hearing it again and again and again is just the kind of, it's like the Apostle Paul says, he, you know this stuff, but it's no trouble for me to write it over again mm-hmm. and it's good for you. Oh, okay. Here, I, I forgot. I did have a devil's advocacy from earlier. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, no. This isn't really a devil. It's just a, a sad person with a question. Oh, no, Jake. I, though, I, I, did, I did nod with the rod, and now my house is chaotic. It's never and- too late. It's never too late to step in and to, you know, we, my wife and I jokingly refer to it and I don't know, we probably picked this up from somebody else, but um, we jokingly refer to it as a reign of terror. Just a, hey, let's, we got to yank everybody back in line. Because the way that this tends to work is you run a really disciplined home for a while and then everybody's happy and things are going good. And every and then mom and dad feel like, hey, we can relax our discipline here. And as you start to relax your discipline, things start to get a little bit more crazy and a little less happy. And, you know, you can find yourself just down the line real easily. It's like driving a car, right? You don't hold the car car wheel firmly, you know? You are always making these minor corrections as the contours of the road change and um, are just trying to keep between the lines. Well, discipline's like that. And sometimes you find yourself drifting over into the into oncoming traffic like, or <laughs> onto the shoulder because you fell asleep mm-hmm. at the wheel and it's time to yank it back onto the road 
and then get back to you know the minor course corrections. And so if you found yourself driving on the shoulder and it's it's actually it's okay to yank it back onto the road and to lock down for a little bit and to just say and yeah and you can talk to your kids about it. If they're really young, they won't understand. But if they're older, you can just say, hey, listen, mom and dad have let things go that we shouldn't. That's been sin, actually. Sin against God and against you. We've not been loving you the way that we should. And so we're locking down on discipline here. And we're all going to snap too. This is as much about mom and dad recommitting ourselves to obey God as it is us requiring you to lock down and, and discipline yourself to obey God and us. So you can do that sort of thing. And you can be open about it. You can talk it through with kids. Kids kids can under, I'm not a fan of, uh, you don't have to have this sort of high-minded, heavy-handed approach to these sorts of things. You can just talk about your about it with your kids because we all screw up. And a lot of the big changes that we have to make or adjustments that we have to make are because of our own sin and failure. So admit that out front. That can go a long way, especially the older that your kids get. So. Oh no, father, you, you, you are capable of failure. <laughs> Is that what your kids say? When you <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what they say. They're crushed every time. Last that ever like, I, I never was born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It is shocking the degree to which your kids just sort of assume that you've got it together and that you're always in the right. But they also have those moments where they intuitively know, and it relieves so much tension when you just let the air out of you know when you pop the balloon and. Say, yeah, you know, you were wrong for what you did there, and I was wrong in how I responded. You don't want to always go around apologizing for your discipline because it's always mixed with sin. It always is. But you, dads, you know when you've gone overboard. And parents, you know when you've been too lax, or you should. And so, you know, you can, just like you would apologize to a kid for losing it and going overboard in discipline, you can apologize uh, for going wobbly on them, for going weak, for going loose and correct. So, and if if you've got a lifetime of zero discipline and you're just now looking at this like crap, the chickens are coming home to roost or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the, the, saying is. the dumb saying would be. <laughs> well, you've got a longer uphill battle. You can't just be like, well, I screwed up, but now yep. you gotta, you have to take a longer, a longer road and, this episode of this particular show is not the one that you need to be listening to. Nope. You need to go listen to some Then Comes What. Yeah, or you can listen to season two of World We Made, World which we is made. all about yeah, fatherhood, fatherhood and yep. lots of practical advice for about these sorts of things. Yeah. Well, sounds like people have a lot of quarantunities, don't they, Jake? I knew you would do it <laughs> at some point. Yes, Nathan. All the quarantinity. I wasn't going to miss my quarantinity to say quarantinity. Aren't you proud of me that I actually did it? Yeah, I was very happy. I, you're right. I should acknowledge that, Jake. Yeah. I'm very It's not the kind of thing I would normally do. No. I would normally just look down my nose at you. Nope, but you said it. Jake said- I did. I'm getting down on the level with the- With the- <laughs> The plebe. <laughs> the plebe. <laughs> Let uh, the meat cake. <laughs> very well. <laughs> So well, you it. know, I had to, I had to, 
I had to let my yacht team go and mm-hmm. yeah, you might as well my say quarantunities. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. I'm already living like a commoner. Might as well say quarantunities. Hey, speaking under the yacht team, if you want to support us, warhornmedia.com forward slash give or any of our Patreons really, but patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity would be the one for this. Yeah, our our you know, our monthly deficit could really use some shoring up. We need that short-term burst of cash, but we also just need to... Ultimately, if we could solve the mon- uh, monthly deficit, then... Yeah, which, you know... We're working, ho- on. We're, we're working on it. We're also hoping that it, some of that will resolve itself and some people will come back online yeah. here uh, after after this crisis is, is over, whenever mm-hmm. that is. We have but, high hopes for the future. God is good. Yeah, and, and he's always cared for us and provided for us, so... But... Uh, just like Jake is honest with his children about things, we want to be, not that you're our children, but we just want to be honest about where we're at. Yeah. And that's where we're at. So, okay, we'll be back, uh, I don't know, definitely in, on for another episode on our next regularly scheduled Tuesday, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're back before that with more thoughts. Yep. And in the meantime, you'll be getting another Chip and Lance episode. You got one yesterday, you'll get one tomorrow, and we're going to try and get them out as often as we possibly can. So... You'd be getting uh, hopefully at least a couple a week. Yep. So, anything else to say, Jake? I don't think so. All right. Until next time, stay sane.